Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. I'm Lori LeBay, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. If you liked our opening song, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And if you happen to be new and you're wondering, what are we about? Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people. And maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. Uh, just reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. Dot com and I'd love to have a conversation. Again, we, we talk with people all over the world at all levels and all ages and stages. So don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. Now I'm going to do a couple of shout outs before we uh, talk with our guests from Friendship Village here in Bloomington, Minnesota. First, I want to announce Maud's Ventures is giving fifty dollars to $100,000 in seed money for three different challenges. So Check out modsventures.org. Those are dementia specific, of course. And uh, see if maybe you can get some seed money for your idea to make the world a better place. And then I'm really proud to announce we finally, finally launched our new website. So it's still the same.com, alzheimerspeaks.com. But check it out. There is, we've tried to make it easier for you to find free resources. So we have a free resources page. You can find everything from arts and poetry to the radio shows, uh, dementia chats, how to build a dementia-friendly community, and so much more. So please, please check that out. And of course, Dementia Map, you'll also be able to find there too. That is our global resource directory that Dave Wiedrich and I built. And again, that's another free tool with over 150 categories, events calendar, a glossary, and a blog. So you'll, you'll like your information that you find there. And then the Memory Camp will be August 15th to the 18th in Wisconsin at Moon Beach again. And you can register your loved one and your family at 715-479-8255. We're going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner about the footbar walker, and then we're going to be right back with our guest. I love the footbar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the footbar walker. 
Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. So today our guest is Lene McCready and she is the Community Outreach Director at Friendship Village of Bloomington, Minnesota, which is a lifespan community. She has been in the senior living industry for over seven years now and really has a passion for working with seniors. So we're going to learn a little bit about her and her community. So Lene, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I was just out there not too long ago doing a couple of uh, presentations and was able to see your amazing community out there. So I'm really looking forward to sharing what all you're doing with our community. So welcome today. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Glad to be here. Good. Now, um, I always start out the show by asking all my guests if they've been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. So if you don't mind sharing, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, so uh, my grandma had dementia. And so that's actually what brought me into the senior living industry. Uh, When I was just finishing up college, my grandma started to kind of go through that journey and phase and really hit it from us for a long time. And as everyone knows, when there's a couple, my grandpa, he did the same thing. He covered it up. They worked together and it got to the point where we started noticing it and she went to a memory care community and just going through that struggle with my family and trying to find the right place. It was kind of brought me into this marketing role here in the senior industry. It is kind of funny how that happens (laughs) within families. Oh, I know. (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about your community at Friendship Village? Yeah, so here at Friendship Village, we have an entire campus. So we can serve you all the way from independent living through skilled nursing level care. Um, We also have an assisted living community and a memory care community here. And then we also do have a transitional care community. And so we have our brand new skilled nursing and transitional care community that are going to open up here at the end of July. So I'm really excited for that part. We're finishing up our renovations of our campus And so our new assisted living building and memory care opened up here last year in February of 2021. We added some new independent living apartments as well. And so we've really been under a huge renovation and we're about done. So it's exciting over here. Yeah, it really, it really is. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of programming, especially when it comes to memory care. Yeah, so we really focus on the programming piece here over in our memory care, as well as through the skilled nursing building. Um, It's something where you've got to keep the residents engaged. You want to make sure that they're not just sitting around and doing nothing. Um, So we have a pretty large activities team. We call them lifestyle enrichment professionals. And so we have a memory care coordinator that focuses here. And then we also have our other support staff, which are part of our life enrichment. And for programming, we do a wide range of things. We've got like music that comes in. We've got music therapy. We do different art. Uh, We do like reading. We have our chaplain that comes in every week and we have a church service on Sundays. Uh, We really encourage volunteers, so we're lucky enough to have a large population of independent living residents, and quite a few come and volunteer and visit with the residents in memory care and do a lot of different programs here. Wonderful. Sounds like a a big, nice array of of what people can get involved with. One of the things I was really impressed with with your community is, A, the campus is massive. Yes, that anybody can go anywhere within the campus and how space is shared. And so 
you really cannot run out of space of where to go or where to visit or just go for a walk or a stroll yeah. from the lounges to the atriums to, you know, playing pool or whatever it might be, yeah. you know, within the community. Yeah, um, there's a lot of choices. Yeah, there, there really is. What are some of the resources that you think are important for people to, to turn to and, and even just know about that are available? Yeah, so I think here on our campus, one of the kind of things that's a little different is we do have some social workers on site. Uh, So they're a great resource and they know a lot of different places that can help with both getting you um, support groups, trying to find that those support groups out there, find others that have their spouses going through it or a family member and find like-minded people because you're not alone. There are other people going through it. And so we really try to make sure that we can connect you with other people in the community. So part of my job here with the social workers is just getting out there and learning about different support groups out there, um, different companies that help make even medical devices or different books. Um, I know Lori, when you were here, you brought us those all's author books. Um, And I actually had a family that was just here and they were doing a tour and she brought her great grandson with, and he read one of the ones about his grandma. And it was just, it was really cool to see them do that together because she got to share that, yes, I have dementia, but she's at the beginning stages and kind of let him know. And it was just really cool to see how those different things can connect from something as simple as just a book for them. Um, So I think, you know, support groups are a big thing here. A lot of the families and the residents and loved ones look for those different things. Uh, And then too, the social workers are here to help. I'm here to help kind of connect you with different people in the community as well. Okay. Well, and just, uh, you know, some of the the basic events and stuff that you have and activities for people to be involved in. If I remember correctly, you have um, some rooms where things are just laid out so they can go and grab and kind of pick them out if they want to. And then you have more structured activities and stuff as well uh, for people to really accommodate needs and stuff, which is nice. And and I love when you talked about, um, arts and dementia, because a lot of times people think people with dementia can't do art and yet they can, they can be really, really creative. And some people who have never done art before, um, it's kind of incredible to see when you give them the tools and you give them the chance. I think one of the beautiful things is as the disease progresses, you know, kind of that ego's left the building. And so they're not so worried about what anyone's going to think about what it is they're doing anymore. They just do it. And some of their work is just phenomenal. Um, So that's really, really cool. Now, I would imagine that you see a lot of families and, and, uh, you know, come in uh, just kind of with that huge baggage of unknown. We don't know what's ahead of us, you know, with this journey any recommendations for them or words of advice? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is when a family comes in and they, they tell me this is our first place we've looked at where we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn to. What would you do if it was your family? And I sit and think back, like when it was my grandma, my mom called me up on the phone and she's like, we have to find somewhere for grandma to go. And it was me and my mom. And she's like, we've got to divide and conquer. What do we do? And we had no idea either. And so I think back to when I was in those shoes of okay, what should I do? So what I always tell families is look at several options. Look at the option of keeping your loved one at home. Um, Look and see into home care. See if that's an option. There's adult daycare programs out there. Look and see if there's somewhere like that you could go and they could have a break and see if that's something they can do temporarily to keep them at home longer. Um, We also talk a lot of families about 
just looking at multiple different communities because you want to make sure that the community you pick out is exactly what you're looking for. And so as people are touring and walking around, they're like, well, what should I look for in a community? They all look beautiful. And I always tell them that one of the biggest things that you don't think about to look at is when look and see, are the residents out? Are they out in the common spaces or are they in their rooms doing nothing? Um, when the ones that you do see out, are they clean? You know, look at their hair. Has their hair been washed? You know, looking at the small things of just as their daily health being taken care of. Also, like looking, is it clean in the community? You know, are you seeing lots of trash on the floor? Are there little things that you're looking at that you're noticing that maybe, hey, that looks out of place? And then do you see staff around? Um, is the staff standing there talking or are they helping residents? And those are things that families are like, well, those are simple things. I, I never thought about looking at that. I thought, oh, I see them out there, but I never thought of, oh, they, do they wash their hair? And so it's just the small things to look for when you're touring and looking around. And then too, you get kind of a feeling when you walk in, like, yes, I could see my mom being here or my dad or my grandma or whoever is in your family that you're looking for. Or you kind of get that feeling of, oh, maybe that's not the right place. Trust your gut feeling. And go with that. And so that's kind of some of the different things I tell families to look for as they're touring. And even in our community, you know, if there's something that you see that you really like or things that you're like, oh, I'm not quite sure, ask about it. Ask those hard questions. The other thing I would just add on to that is, you know, do people look happy? Are they engaged? You know, or are they slumped in their chair, just kind of left by themselves was was dinner over or, or lunch over hours ago when they're still sitting there with the plate in front of them? You know, those little things, they add up in terms of attention to detail and attention to your loved one. And you want to know that, that that that's possible. Now, when people come visit, does it have to be a scheduled visit or can they just kind of drop in? Because I know some families yeah. go, well, gosh, if I if I do a scheduled visit, they're all going to be on alert, you know, and <laughs> know a family's coming through or can I just kind of do a, a spot check and run through and see how things go? Yeah, so here at Friendship Village, you can come at any time of the day. Um, we do have someone at the front desk from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And so you're more than welcome to come during those hours and someone can let you in. If you come before or after that, we have our own security office team here that they'll let you in as well. So I encourage families to come as much as they'd like to. Um, and they don't need to tell us when they're coming. They can just come and visit and enjoy spending time with their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Do I know some communities will invite like a family to have a a meal just to kind of see what it's like. Do you guys do that as well? We do. So with COVID, everyone knows it's a little different nowadays, Um, but we do do those things where we can kind of have a separate space. We have a private dining room that we can utilize and you can use those spaces. We also have a couple of other common spaces like our quiet room that we can use and kind of make into a space that families can enjoy eating with their loved ones. So we've got to get creative a little bit with COVID, but we're making it through just like everybody else doing what we can because we that human interaction piece is a big thing for someone with dementia and even just people in general, like they want to have that crave of human interaction. And so being able to come in and eat with other people or eat with your family is a big deal. And so we do try to come up with ways even around the COVID of where we can have 
people come in and still eat with their loved ones. Well, that's that's important stuff. That human connection, like you said, is, is. is really important. Let's talk a little bit about building a support team and what does that look like? You know, but I think one of the things families struggle with is they don't even know what the terms are. So what is a support team and why do I need one? You know? <laughs> yeah. So your support team actually is going to be people that you didn't even think about that are going to be there to help you. So it's going to be your family around you as well, or your significant other, um, your friends. So really kind of your family and friends that you have, your parents or your loved ones, family or friends that they have as well. Um, It goes all the way through your doctors. And sometimes it even comes from just like the staff. If you're in a community where you live like a friendship village, Mm -hmm. um, getting used to the nursing staff and the certified nursing assistants and the RNs and talking with them and engaging with them and making sure that things are going all right. That's kind of your eyes and ears when you're not there. So making sure that you've got a big connection there. And then a lot of times you lean on your friends and your family uh, just to be there and help support you. And you will realize real quickly who's there for you and who's not. So I think finding those few people that you really can trust and feel comfortable with that are going to support you no matter what is a key in building that care team. And then to getting some doctors that you trust or some medical professionals that you feel at least have your best interest at heart are other important people to think about too. Do you guys have physicians that come in? I know some communities do because, um, and the reason I bring this up is, you know, my mom always liked in the earlier stages, she liked going to the doctor. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. something that she normally did and she would go for her annuals and, you know, that was something she always did. And so she liked that. But then after a while, it made her nervous. Go, what am I going to the doctor for? She couldn't remember what it was for. And we found it so calming for her to see the doctor on site. And then the the other thing that was really nice about that from a family side was they knew the community, they knew the staff, they knew the residents. I mean, it was just everything was easier in terms of process. And it was way, way easier on, on my mom, too. So um, I think that that's nice when that's a when that's available, you know, to families as well, and something that you don't think about. I mean, some it have is. dentists that come in, podiatrists. I mean, yeah, every community is a little bit different. I don't know if you do all of those things as well. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. So we are fortunate enough to be a larger campus, so we have the option of either Fairview to mm-hmm. come in and use or Health Partners. Um, so those are our two physicians on site. We also do have podiatry that comes in. Uh, We have a dentist that comes in as well. And so just kind of some of those things to help alleviate the nervousness of a loved one, the stress. It's here. You get to see the same person. So we've had our same physicians here. Um, And we also have our rehab team that's here. So we have occupational therapy on site, physical therapy, speech therapy, So those are the same people that you're going to get to see as you need that extra help. They're here and they're just right on site. That's nice. Well, and having that continuum of care is really nice for families too, especially if spouses move in together and then one needs a little bit more, you know, help further down the road and stuff. It it just, you're acquainted with the staff, with the community. Um, You've got your friends and your peers that you've built up. Uh, so, so that's, that's a really cool thing too. Now, one of the things um, that we didn't really talk about, but you guys have pretty extensive for 
um, you know, exercise programs just from, like I said, walking the campus. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, you guys have a pool and exercise rooms and all of that kind of stuff too. Yeah, we do. So we have a pool over that's connected in our fitness center. Um, here at the end of the winter is the goal right around Christmas time that we're completely connected again and our whole campus is connected inside. So you don't have to walk outside. You'll be able to get all the way from our assisted living building all the way over to the independent building. So like you had mentioned earlier, you can utilize everything that's on the campus. And so we have a big pool over there and a hot tub. And then there's a big fitness center over there. And then in our new building that opens in July, there is a new fitness center that's going to be there as well. And then we do have our fitness instructor and, and team here that go into our memory care several times a week and do a lot of different exercise programs from Tai Chi to stretching to balance to strength building. And they do all different types of programs. So it's nice because a, a lot of campuses are not as big as our campus and they're not able to have specific fitness instructors that are trained and that's what they do to come in and do those activities. So we're lucky enough to have that here. Yeah, that's really nice. And I remember when we were chatting, you know, about even, you know, can families utilize like the pool and yeah. things? Can you talk, can you talk about that? Cause I think that that sometimes families have a hard time engaging and not knowing <laughs> what to do. And this is something that can be intergenerational and yeah, and as well. So we do open pool nights and that's for families to come in and they can be in the pool with their loved ones. Um, we do have like a fitness test that you have to pass just to make sure you know fitness safety and pool safety and you're going to be okay in the pool. Um, but it gives you the ability to come and use the pool and use some of the other amenities that are on the campus with your loved one and be part of that with them and you get to join them. And we do that at least once a month uh, with COVID. It's been a little different. We used to do it a little more often and the hopes is to get back to that, but that's mm -hmm. something that we do have here too. Yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. Um, are there certain recommendations that you give families when they're looking for memory care? You know, any, any particular pointers? I know it's just such a, I was in real estate for 25 years and that's yeah. kind of what I helped people with was that transition. And people are just so lost. They just don't know where to start. Or like you said, what questions to ask or, yeah. you know, they're like, well, people tell me to compare. I don't even know what I'm comparing. You know, exactly. I don't know the terms. I don't know what it means. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a hard thing. And that's what um, people like myself, that's what I get to help you do is kind of go through the journey and be that resource guide for you where Maybe you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know the questions to ask. And so I can kind of help guide you on that journey as well. I'd say one thing that people think about, but maybe they don't think about as much as you want it to be close to you. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of times it's hard because of, I've seen so many families where their loved one lives in a different state or they're in northern Minnesota and they're like, I'm taking them out of their home. The hard thing is, is when they're by themselves, they're not getting that family interaction and you're missing all those joyful moments that you could be having with a loved one. So I think a lot of times people feel guilty or selfish by taking their loved one and moving them closer to them. But I've really seen some great things from families that have done that and are able to be around their loved one more frequently. And then grandparents, granddaughters can come and their great grandkids can come in and you just get to see the joy on their faces. So I think location is something to really consider when you're looking because it's 
kind of that reverse part. You're starting to take care of a child again a little bit and they need the help and support. And if you're far away, you aren't, you're just not able to give them that support as much as if you're closer. So I think location's a big thing. Um, and then too, when you go in, you get that feeling that I talked about earlier, you know, everyone gets it. It's like when you're looking for a house for yourself, you walk in, you're like, Oh no, I know this isn't it. Or you walk in like, no, you know, this is it. It's a happy atmosphere. The staff is happy. Other residents seem happy. It's clean. I think those are a lot of the things to look for and that I talk to families about and just to, um, checking like what their staffing is. Do they have RNs there? Do they have LPNs there? Um, are their staff certified? Do they go through extra training for dementia? Just little things that you don't think about that when you're looking are important, but you don't have any idea that you're looking for that because it's a new journey for you. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to the the move, I'll just chime in for families to also be realistic because I've seen people yeah. be moved and then families had really good intentions, but then they never came around. And so then a person was super, super isolated in terms of being pulled away. So, you know, be as family, be realistic in terms of what you're doing. But I've also seen families where when you talk about intergenerational, well, where all of a sudden um, some family members are, well, I'm going to work here, you know, and maybe a granddaughter now starts working or a grandson starts working at the community and they get to see their grandparent a little bit earlier or, yeah, you know, or even a, a daughter or son. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really interesting. And, um, you know, staffing is something that I, I don't think we'll ever, um, we'll ever have enough of, you know, and so, mm-hmm. um, or people will tend to, you know, volunteer and maybe be able to help out in different ways and stuff, but really get involved and, um, and stuff. And that's, uh, to me, that always melted my heart when I would see those things yeah. happen. You'd see that, that compassion and stuff come forward. Um, what makes Friendship Village, you know, different from other communities other than yeah. just its, its size? Because it is massive. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's probably one of our biggest differences is we are a full campus. Um, so it gives you a little bit of that peace of mind that truly you can be here through end of life, no matter what needs you have that arise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the other big things is we do focus on programming and activities and have a pretty robust lifestyles department, Mm -hmm. which is very, a big blessing. Um, We have a lot of lifestyles people throughout independent living, memory care, assisted living, our our transitional care even has some people that are there to help. Um, And then I think places I've worked, the staff here is just, they like it here. They're happy. The residents are happy. They really do a good job at getting those residents out of their rooms and engaging them and having them be part of the community and part of the different activities and just making them feel at home. Uh, those are, I think, some of the things I've noticed as differences. And then just kind of, I think the design too of our memory care is a little bit more unique. Um, we have a really big courtyard that's like right in the middle of our campus. And it was designed intentionally so that you can have an outdoor space, but it doesn't feel like you're stuck behind a fence or you're just in a little square box. It's this beautiful outdoor courtyard with a waterfall in the middle. There's streetlights out there. They've got kind of like a cobblestone pathway. So you kind of feel like you're out east. Um, I have a resident that's from Boston and they said they felt like they were back in their little hometown in Boston. And so I think those are just a few things I can think of off the top of my head that make a big difference. Well, having that open floor plan where they can just kind of roam because some, you know, some people get antsy when, when they feel 
stuck or, you know, um, and they can't move. And so being able to have open floor plans where people can kind of walk and have that freedom to move can, can make be just life changing. <laughs> yes. For so many. Um, now, as far as the, the unit or the neighborhood, I don't know what you call them in your, your um, community. Are they, um, is it a circular plan? I know some people have circular plans others you know you have to kind of peek down the hallways and stuff so how is yours laid out ours is set up like a circle so in our memory care the courtyard's in the middle and then you just can keep walking all the way around that courtyard and so we do at kind of as you go around the edge of the circle and you kind of keep going there are common spaces there as well so we don't have any rooms that are there so that way if people are wandering and they're confused and they're not sure where to go or they're not sure if it's their room, they're not walking into other people's rooms. They go into those common spaces. And then, and you mentioned, we do have that open floor plan where we have a lot of our common space there in the middle. So eyes can be on the residents at all times. Um, and then we do have some spaces there. We can kind of close it off and do smaller group activities as well and kind of give some of those residents that maybe are a little bit higher functioning, they can do some different activities that kind of mesh with what they can do and where their abilities are at, and then do some other activities with residents that are maybe at a different acuity level. Yeah. Well, and you have a lot of natural light windows and stuff too, which is, is really nice. And one of the things when you had mentioned um, about common space, you do, you have little sitting areas all over the place which I think is really nice because sometimes people get tired and they just want to rest again, depending on what else is going on with their body. Um, but there's, there's all, you know, you don't have to go very far to be able to sit and feel comfortable. And it's not uh, sometimes in communities, it can almost feel a little awkward where stuff is placed, but it's designed really nicely um, to just have a flow and um you know, thinking ahead for what people need and want, you know, with all of that. So I think that's yeah. really, really neat too. The other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, I, I said earlier, you had me out for a couple of um, educational programs. And that's something that you do, you know, on a regular basis, and not all yeah. communities do that. And so that's really nice from a from both a family and a resident who is living within the community to have access to all these different um, speakers and perspectives and events and stuff that you do. Um, yeah. And, and so I, to me, that's a, a big plus. And I love, I love the social workers that you have there. Um, you don't know you need them until you need them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're a great resource and they're right there to help and they are wonderful. So mm-hmm. we, it's nice to have extra support for families. And like you said, you don't need them till you, you don't know you need them till you need them. And they're here. So it's just an extra resource that's helpful for families. Exactly. Well, is there a a story or two that you can share about a family without giving away any privacy things? You know, I can try my best. (laughs) I would say, so we had a lady that just moved recently um, to the community and she is, she was just, you know, wonderful. And she has the most beautiful artwork you've ever seen in her apartment. And it's really unique to, um, see her go and engage with other residents and have them come in and she can tell the story of all her artwork on the walls. And it's kind of, she, we had a um, flower making event here. So we did like floral arrangement and we had a local florist come in and she came to the event and 
she was like, I'm not moving. I don't need any help. No, memory care isn't for me. And then she came in and she's very into artwork and just kind of loves color. And she was like, the color in here, the walls aren't white. There, there's color, there's <laughs> brightness, there's windows. And so um, I think her, her apartment is one of uh, the favorite apartments in the neighborhood because she has just such unique things and her family is so happy to be here. And it's just to see them go through the journey and the struggle of, is this the right move? Um, mm-hmm. Should I be moving my mom from her independent living apartment where all her friends are? Should I be doing this? And then seeing the joy that she's getting because it was a temporary move as mm-hmm. as most of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now she's like, oh, this is my house. Like, this is where I live. Like, I love it here. I've made friends and it's wonderful here. And so it's been really fun to work with families and go through that and see the changes and the stress just go down a little bit and the worry that they're in a safe place and then to come in and their mom's happy every day. She's just, she's one of the happiest residents we have. And so it's really fun to watch that and see those things. It is when you, when you have that right match, when I was uh, selling real estate, it was funny. People were like, I, you know, I don't want to leave my home. You know, I've worked so hard for it. And, you know, this is, I mean, you take me out feet first, you know, it was kind of that kind of fight with the family. And then I, you know, I would try to get a hold of them because I had a contract. I couldn't get a hold of them because they were out socializing. And I think so often people don't realize what they've missed because they've adapted yeah. their life to what it's become. And then when they get in those um, environments where they can really thrive, and not everyone is a is an extrovert. Some people are introverts. Yeah. But, but an introvert still likes to see what's going on, even if they might not participate. Um, to a level of a, of an extrovert. And what I like too about your community is it really, it gives everybody extrovert or introvert a place to be that's comfortable for them. Um, it's not a forced situation. So, so that's really, really neat um, in and of uh, itself. Anything else that we've missed that we should tell people about Friendship Village? No, I think uh, the, I kind of talked a little bit about our like new transitional care that's opening um, in our skilled nursing building. I think that's something that is a big deal on our campus. Um, we are going to be opening that here in a couple weeks, so like very end of July. And so if people are looking for like a transitional care to go to, um, we do take people from the outside. It is Medicare certified and so they can use their insurance um, and then a lot of times it's just an easy transition. We've had a lot of very successful transitions from our transitional care into our memory care community. The really nice thing I think that will make it even easier for people is going to be our transitional care rooms look just like our memory care apartments. So you have your own private room, your own bathroom, and they look very similar in size and color. And so it's going to make it a really easy transition for someone that needs that extra support in memory care, but they need a transitional care beforehand. I think a lot of people have a misconception that we don't take outside mm-hmm. people because we have such a large campus, but I think you should always give us a call and give it a try because it's, it is beautiful. It's wonderful. And it's going to be a nice transition for people. Yeah. Well, and you know, just when you were talking about the thought put in from, you know, the rooms in transitional to memory care, yeah. I mean, it tells you the architects and, and the people involved in all of this get it. They understand um, that change is difficult. And so making people feel comfortable is really important. Anything that you want to add on, 
you know, being a life space um, community. Um, some people might not know about the mothership that owns you. And- <laughs> yeah, so we are um, owned and managed by LifeSpace. And so we are kind of the original LifeSpace community that started most of LifeSpace, how it is today. Uh, we have other communities out there, and a lot of them are in like Texas and Florida. And our um, right now our corporate is in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so they are a nonprofit and so everything that they do and they think of is all in that nonprofit mentality, which I think does make a difference. It, you can see it in the way that they give back, like just our remodel that we're doing here in our campus. It's a huge remodel and a huge renovation. And just that they care and that they take the time to come out. And We have a big corporate regional team um, that are here to support, and they do a great job at making sure that we're all here and we, if we need anything, they jump right in and they do the best that they can to help accommodate or help figure out a solution if something's not working. And so I feel really lucky to have that support because a lot of places don't have that or they don't feel like their corporate listens or that they care Um, here. They do care and they do listen and you can feel it. Well, that's, that's nice. Now, some people listening might be thinking, well, you know, what if I want to take a tour Am I, am, are they going to, you know, hog tie me and make me sign paperwork? I mean, cause there's that, there's that little bit of paranoia sometimes yeah. out there too. Cause, because, you know, all the horror stories, you know, they travel of, of what it can be like. Yes. And so why don't you talk a little bit about the process? If somebody does choose to reach out to you, what, what yeah. happens then? So it's nice because we don't lock you in and I'm not that annoying salesperson that calls 500 times a day and is like, when are you moving? When are you moving? Um, the nice thing is, is because of the company I work for and because it's a nonprofit and just their values and ethical standards that they have, they really focus on what's best for you and how can we help support you? And it's on your timeline. So they would call and reach out to me. And then from there, I can either answer questions for them on the phone, give them resources that they're looking for, meet with them and give them resources. Um, I had a gentleman that lives a couple blocks up the road from here and he had called and he said he's in his, you know, early stages looking for his wife. And he's like, she can't know, but I don't know what to do. I need to figure out what to do. And he came and met with me and I referred him over to an elder law company and I just heard back from him about a month ago and he's not moving here, but he was like, thank you. He's like, I Googled, what do I do for money? How do, what do I do? And he's like, nothing came up. I couldn't figure it out. He's like, I had nowhere to turn and he was just crying in my office. And so I'm here to help find what you're looking for, whether it's here to move into a memory care or assisted living, or you're looking for an uh, estate planner, or you're looking for an elder law firm to help with those decisions, I can help kind of refer or give you options. Um, So they would call, come in, meet with me, do a tour, take a look, they get a packet that has all the information in it and my card, and then they just get to reach back out when they're ready. I do try to check in and just make sure there's anything I can help with, but it's not that kind of annoying every week or every day that you're going to get a phone call or an email. Is there a list that they go on or, you know, if they decide they want to go on a list, what's the process Mm -hmm. for that? Yeah. So right now we do have a waiting list for um, both our assisted living and our memory care. So if that's something that they want to do, there is a form that they would fill out. um, And then we do take a $2,500 deposit check that is fully refundable if you move somewhere else or this isn't going to be the community for you. 
And then from there, I typically touch base like every other week just to give you an update. It's either the same or check how you're doing and just keep in touch. Or sometimes people just want to know when we're having events or they want you to reach out every quarter. So it's really up to you. So we let the families and the people coming and looking make that decision of how often they'd like to be reached out to. And we do ask them when they leave the tour, would you like us to reach back out? Do you want to know about any upcoming events or educational things we're doing? And then we can get an idea of what they're looking for, for communication touch points. Well, that's, that's nice that you're willing to customize that. And, and to be able to get updated on events and stuff too, you know, it, it tells them that they're more than just a a dollar piece, you Mm -hmm. know, and you really, it really gives you a chance to develop relationships and stuff too in the process. And I know sometimes people are on those lists a long time. Sometimes it's a short time, just depends on when you call and where you're at in the process and what your needs are and things. And, and so again, um, you might be talking with your friends and their journey might be different. Most likely it's going to be different, you know, (laughs) than your journey, but everybody like, well, I want mine to be like Sally's because first (laughs) it moves, you know, know, or, or whatever, um, you know, but the expectations, you know, they're different for, for each individual, each family situation is, is different from medical to financial to just their wants and needs in in terms of what they're looking for. And so um, I I loved when you were talking about doing the tour and, and kind of leaning into that intuition of, you know, how does your gut feel about this? Uh, Sometimes we ignore that stuff and, and that can get us into trouble after, (laughs) afterwards. But (laughs) I think it's important. And sometimes it's just asking a few more questions, talking to a few more people, and then you're, and then you're comfortable, but um, you know, don't be shy. This is a big step, you know, no matter who you are, um, you know, in the process. So people can reach out to you via email. That's at Linnae, L-I-N-A-Y dot McCrady, M-C-C-R-A-D-Y at lifespacecommunities.com. And then the website is Friendship Village, Minnesota, M-N. So it's abbreviated, uh, friendshipvillagemn.com. You're also on Facebook as Friendship Village Bloomington. And then you are also on LinkedIn as FVB Bloomington for for the company as well. Do you want to give out a um, phone number? Yeah. So the best phone number to reach at to set up a tour to ask any questions is going to be a 952-646-9100. And that actually will go directly to me. So that will go right to my office. And then that way you can ask any questions, set up a tour or just reach out in general. Okay. And address is uh, 8130 Highwood Drive in Bloomington, Minnesota. That's 55438. So reach out to Lene. She'd love to talk with you and assist you. They've got a great team. And uh, I think you'll be really impressed. I know I sure was when I was out there. So Thank you for sharing this information with us today, Lene. I, I think we hopefully answered a lot of people's questions on you know, what do I ask? What do I look for? You know, when do I even reach out? You know, that's also a a scary (laughs) thing for families. You know, do I do it too early? And I I guess my advice is, you know, do it early. You don't want to wait till you're in crisis to be starting to talk to people if you think that this is in your future. So 
Wonderful. Well, thanks again for your time, Lene. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much, Lori. And for our listeners, please like, click and share. It's important. It's really important to share this information. There are so many people it probably in your own circle that you don't even know that are dealing with this somewhere in their family or circle of friends. It's just a conversation that still isn't at the top of everyone's comfort level. But the more we can put information out there, the easier it is for people to grab it and review it and just ease their mind and give them resources. So thanks again. Till next time, everyone. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, you'll want to check out All's Authors, the global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. We have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering all types of dementia and caring situations. Our authors' personal stories and painfully learned lessons can help you on your own journey. We also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. Remember, you are not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but we chose to form a choir and create harmony. Find us at allsauthors.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.